you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family... Look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Hey, guess who died? Whitey Bulger. I didn't know. I mean, I knew he got arrested. I remember that. They said it's a mysterious death. I don't know. It'll be on the news, I guess. All right, I'll talk to you tomorrow because I'm going to bed. Good night, Kent. The Dave Damashek Football Program, available on Apple Podcasts and at NFL.com slash DDFP. Now here's your host, Dave Damashek. Guess who died? Hey, hi and hello and welcome to the Dave Damashek Football Program. That is Kent Brown, one of our favorite producers here at the NFL. His mom leaves messages unsolicited about movies and TV shows that she's watching. You just heard her voice there. She's a Shecky Award winner because of that voicemail you just heard there. She's going to preview for us her picks for the upcoming Oscar Award, so stick around for that. In the meantime, we have any number. I don't think there's a single soul here in 66 right now or even on the large monitor over our shoulders who hasn't brought home at least one Shecky Award. I believe that that's the case behind the glass, MOVP and Eddie Spaghetti and in Studio 66, seated to my immediate left, our former resident Miami Dolphins fan. This year, taking a sabbatical from uh, from the Aqua and Orange. I don't know if he's looking to fill that with another have, team. You know, I oh have. the AAF. I forgot the Salt about Lake that. Stallions. That's right. I forgot yeah, about your, you and your yeah. Stallies. I forgot about the that. Stallies. Here he is. It's handsome Hank. Everybody. That's enough. I just yep. wanted to, to, to. So you are fully in on what's their record now? Oh, and two. Oh, they're like 0-2. You even like knew I've what they want or lose. I back the Miami Dolphins equivalent in the AAF. Can you tell me who's their QB? It doesn't matter. We, it doesn't. It's you're a, right. It's a, it's a team game. Yeah, it's a team game. Right. Good for you. Let's not name individuals. Let's talk about units. We I got you. have an offense, a defense, and a special teams. And Amen. They're excellent. Good for you. A yep. lot. You know what? A lot of NFL teams could learn a thing or exactly. two from the way exactly. the Stallions approach things. Yep. 
and their biggest celebrity fan, handsome Hank Hodgson. Um, and then also seated over our both of our shoulders here, handsome Hank. He is uh, one half of the best radio show in all the land, Petros and Money, which you should track down on iHeartRadio or AM570 if you're in Los Angeles. He's also the voice of your Los Angeles Chargers. Here he is, everybody. By the way, I've been pushing the Hollywood Chargers thing pretty good. Two good, two big uh, high-profile Chargers, Derwin James and Melvin Gordon, both happen to love the idea. Hmm. Let's let's make that happen sooner rather than later. Here he is, everybody. It's Matt Money Smith. That's it. Okay. I didn't. Uh, yeah. So I'm I'm sorry. We're just trying to cut to the chase there. Yep. Well done. Let's there. keep this moving. In-house band. Uh, how are you, Matt Money Smith? I'm well. Uh, I am also excited about the AAF as I will begin calling games for that. No new way. In uh, two weeks. Congratulations. Thank you. That's yeah, awesome. I got a little uh, Arizona Hot Shots San Antonio Commanders contest that I'll be on the call for. Ooh. How daunting is it legitimately? I always think, yeah, I think fans who obsessively watch a team in any sport think I could do the play-by-play, and you probably could get away with it. I mean, minus the golden pipes and everything else and the speed. At least you could ID who you're looking at right. on one side. And I think in the NFL, I could do a pretty capable job of IDing, you know, just with my own two eyes who that is who just caught the ball. AAF, you'll know nobody, right? Pretty much money? You know what? I have already... Um, start. I bi- I'm just pulling it up to get the date. I built my boards for my first three games the first week of February, even though I'm not calling any games until March 10th, just so I could start looking at the names. Uh, Pro's exactly pro, right? right? Just try to figure out who's who. And as you asked uh, Handsome Hank there, okay, who's the uh, who's the quarterback for the Stallions? Well, it's Josh Woodrum, but he was hurt, mm-hmm. so then Austin Allen gets out there. It's, yep. The funny thing about it is... Double A, we like, call him. Carry on. The names are vaguely familiar, right? Like on yeah, the Stallions, right. and, and a lot of this is Charger-based. Like I know uh, Tenny Palapoy, the defensive lineman, mm-hmm. uh, Jeremiah Potassi, Brandon Oliver, like some guys that were former Chargers are on that team. So you kind of go through the rosters and you're like, oh, I remember that guy. Um, but they're dudes that, you know, maybe I remember from the Combine or the draft. But they are, I think, for the most part, like – I want to say over 90% have some sort of connection to the NFL, be it they were drafted, they were an undrafted free agent, they were a practice squad, or they actually played legitimate NFL snaps. Best guess, Matt Money Smith. Obviously, you're on some level employed by the Alliance, as they call it. I spoke mm-hmm. with Adam Carolla about this. Go check out Good Sports this week uh, for a deep dive into the AAF and all other things sports on the Adam Carolla show. We were talking about the Alliance. At least it distinguishes itself because there's a there's There's a vibe when you hear WFL or USFL or XFL. It's like, well, it's going to be a a cheaper, it's going to be a knockoff of NFL. That's the gold standard. At least they had the good sense to go go FL. Right. It's Alliance. Yeah. So at least it's already different than than everything else. Right. I think. And also the uniforms are bold, too. I like that. I think they make good decisions. I enjoy, too, beyond the uh, the uniforms because we are all of a similar age. Now, I don't know if Hank can chime in on this because I'm not aware if the uh, the cricket clubs or the uh, the football <laughs> clubs over in the U.K. had the starter jackets uh, oh, back yeah. in the day. But they are, and they, 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 not, they, they exist. They have the old school, not the circa late 80s, early 90s flat hooded starter jackets right. that made the rounds, but the satin, satin snap ones, exactly. starter jackets for every single team are available. I, I'm, I'm, I've definitely uh, started making my campaign for a Stallions one because that thing is beautiful. I would wear that it every sure day. Is. If anyone from the Stallions is listening to this, 
uh, I'll give you my address offline. And Beautiful uh, and, and regionally and, appropriate oh color my, scheme, as we've beautiful. discussed. Yeah, beautiful. they're up in the mountains. They should right. be silver and light blue. Sure. That's yep. it. Well done. Well done there. Were you a big Chicago Blitz fan, USFL, Matt Money Smith? Well, it's funny. I think um, when we talk about all the failed ventures of my father, Ralph Smith, uh, the USFL was one of them, as he was very excited upon uh, its emergence and came into the house yelling, and, and because we couldn't, like, I don't want to play the whole, oh, I was a poor kid thing, but we just couldn't afford bear tickets. When I was a kid, Walter Payton was running around. They were really good, and uh, just that wasn't happening. So when the Blitz shows up, the old man comes in the house and says, guys, wait till you hear what we're doing on a weekend. We're going to see the Chicago Blitz. Vinny Evans, <laughs> the fiddler's playing quarterback <laughs> for him. It's going to be something. <laughs> so we, we roll out there, and when I say, and, and I don't even remember, you know, how far into the season this was or whatever. But uh, when I say I don't know if the amount of people at Soldier Field would have been able to complete one loop of seats if they sat in the front. <laughs> <laughs> and just as a kid who was, I don't know what I was, maybe nine or ten, I remember saying, hey, Dad, where is everybody? <laughs> like I was so confused. By why is this football game being played and there's nobody here to watch it? Uh, Jean-Claude Van Damascheck's birthday is fast approaching, and I offered to take him and a couple friends to a ball game of his choosing. Right. Does he want to go to Chavez Ravine? Does he want to go see? And um, he wants to go see a college basketball game at Pauley Pavilion, Story oh, wow. Pauley Pavilion at UCLA. The problem is it doesn't have much of a vibe to it in the best of times, but they stink. Isn't that going to be a bad experience? Might be an underwhelming experience. If I take a 10-year-old ten, a kid celebrating his birthday and his pal, to uh, won't it seem like boy uh jean-claude's uh, dad stinks yeah, yeah he's really he took us to this bum place that only 400 other people are in is that a I bad move i would agree uh, I, and plus the the traffic situation on the west side of la is an abject failure um the as you mentioned the vibe paulie's weird i mean look it's got history it's since they've redone it it's a beautiful building not to get serious on you something that's kind of funny but like, I, I do believe that that could affect him for the rest of his life. And he would not be interested, not only in UCLA basketball, but college <laughs> basketball. <laughs> the hell? I remember as, I, as a little kid, it was somebody's birthday. Um, and we went to Fitzgerald Fieldhouse to watch the Pitt Panthers perennial uh uh, you know, on the cusp of the NCAA tournament at the time, kind of team more usually in the NIT. But I remember the Pitt Panther, the mascot guy, who came over and played with us, and I found that so engaging that I became a lifelong Pitt basketball fan to to the opposite of your hmm. point. So yeah. I say other side I of the same I point. went to a birthday party at some water slides uh, in Swindon in England. And, yeah. and um, as we arrived, there were three water slides, a green one, a blue one, and a red one. I can't remember. One was very steep. As we arrived we were probably nine um a i would say 15 year old girl came down the water slide just as we were getting oh to my. the pool at the bottom and uh because she'd gone down the steep one her top had come off and you became <laughs> and, fan of girls we like, for the rest we, of your life yeah that, that was way. like wow i'm in and so we just decided to stay at the bottom of the water slides because we figured it was more fun down there and you know, thus began handsome's reign as a creep <laughs> exactly <laughs> um Yes. Oh, well, I think this will do just fine <laughs> for me down here. Henry, what are you doing? Take your eyes off that young lady. How dare you? I just wanted to tell a kid's birthday story. You have a sister. How dare you? Um, 
I once, I've told many times before, but in 1979, I went to a ball game. Or maybe you were, it was what, you, how old were you? 80, 81-ish, 80 maybe it was old. around there. No, but my favorite was the Cobra Dave Parker, but Pop Stargell was uh, still playing first base for the Buccos. Mm-hmm. This was when uh, these were the heydays for the Pittsburgh Pirates. And um, we, uh, my old man got us uh, first base line seats, second row seats right there. It was, it was the greatest seats uh, to this day probably that I've ever had at a ball game. And uh, I, there, were, there were two drunken guys sitting right in front of us. And the whole oh, game boy. they were like, let's do it. Hey, uh, Yinzers, a couple of uh, Pittsburgh Yinzers. Like, yeah, let's go say hi to Pops. Let's go say hi to Pop Stargell. This is before the KC incident in on the south side of Chicago where the father oh, yeah. and son ran out of the field. Get into a fight with the first the guy. base coach. So these two guys, they, 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 these guys uh, had no malintent. They just wanted the glad hand with Pop Stargell. Right. And so drunkenly they jumped the fence and then they run out onto the field right in front of us. And they, and they, you know, they do what they wanted to do. Shake pop stars. But the cops are after him immediately, of course, and chasing them around. One guy is immediately felled by the cops. The other guy is running free in the outfield. Now he's running around <laughs> and Bill Robinson, the late great Bill Robinson in left field that night at three river stadium waved the guy over to him while he's running away from the cops, so, uh, called over to him and gave him that like that hand ladder boost kind of step thing and boosted the drunken guy up over the outfield the wall. And then he fell on the other side. Well, there's no bleachers, so he just went to the other side, and the cops <laughs> oh. probably nabbed him there. Yeah, but that, right. nevertheless, a hero for all of time. Mm. Bill Robbie loved it. That was a great move by That's that. That's good. I like it. Anyhow. And that was uh, that was the era of the Pittsburgh Pirates flat cap, was it not? That's correct. That is exactly yeah. right, Matt Money Smith. Good they stuff. didn't make the switch away from that. I, th- I don't think until like eighty five. Why would you not bring that back? Like I don't wait get, a I, real I don't flat cap. Like like um, where have you been? We were just talking about that before we started. There are certain cracks. Handsome is the Englishman who favors America at every turn versus his native land. Except there have to be things that you just culturally do are not aware of. Right. You don't know that the Pittsburgh Pirates used to wear they had a flat hat like the Peaky Blinders. Yeah, like a pillbox. A little hat. bit, yeah, a pillbox hat. Right. That's cool. I like it. And, and it had the, these yellow pinstripes around the, the side. So imagine just, you know, almost like a pillbox, but it has right. a baseball, you know, brim on it. Brim. Uh, and then the side has these three yellow stripes that go <laughs> like it really, it really looks like Was anyone else wearing those at the time? They did. A bunch no. of teams wore them in 1976. Not just, but, but even people, humans in, no. in other areas. But in 1976, in other... to honor the uh, bicentennial, I think a bunch of major league teams wore them, but then they quickly got rid of them. I think the Texas Rangers tried to run with them for a couple or a few years after right. 76, but the Bucks were the enduring one. And Pop Stargell started to give out, not like, not unlike uh, college football teams when they give the little good play sticker yep. for the back of your helmet, he would give a star for good place. And so, you know, if you were uh, of um, if you were a pirate of any worth at that point, your your your, your cap was filled, filled with stars. With stars. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Anyway, we should do that on your headset. You know what? I don't think that's a bad idea at all. I don't think that's a bad Ooh. idea at all there. A couple yellow stripes, sure. Eddie Spaghetti, are you upset by this conversation? Is it boring? No, not at all. No? I was going to say I was going to add in Hank, but there was no razor blades in the corner of the mm. Pirates hat. You get that. Well, not that you know, right? <laughs> yeah. Ah, oh, you guys are talking about your peaky blind. We are. Yep. That's correct. I don't want to jump in on it yet. We'll talk some pro football free agency fast approaching. It feels weird to me. I, I, um, is it my imagination or have there already been more moves in the month of February than there have been in the preceding five years in the NFL in this period of time before free agency? 
I don't know. I don't think so. I think there's just some maybe bad, I'm, there's I, some maybe bad teams offloading trash. Um, I guess sort of guys who they maybe were were high profile, more high profile than. But normal. we've seen the Browns add a couple of name guys who at minimum have name value now. Right. But I mean, not that Jalen Strong teams. is a huge uh, right. difference maker, but still, that's you know th- those kind of signings mm-hmm. are you know are vaguely splashy. It, it seems like usually it waits for free agency Maybe. to fully get going there. I think it's just more the Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell stuff. Maybe I mean, that's what two, it is. You yeah. know, perennial pro bowlers that clearly are going to be on different teams. And I think that just kind of maybe gets you to perk up a little bit and you start paying attention now. I think before we just probably wouldn't pay too much attention, right, to the Jalen Strongs and those sort of signings, mm. um, you know, because free agency technically what it doesn't open for another five days. Uh, but I do think you're right, Dave. I think you're going to see serious movement. Uh, I think you, you will see big names move around, uh, specifically because of what happened with the Rams. I think they kind of showed that, hey, you can you can cobble together a roster in an offseason with a whole bunch of new pieces, Marcus Peters, Aqib Tlaib, Dante Fowler, and Dominican Sue, and, and make it to the big game. Um, and, and I think you'll see some of that. I think you'll see a team that feels like they're close make you know similar moves to just go all in and take a big swing in one season. All right, let's get hot takey here, shall we? Let's uh, let's takey. let's do some of that uh, right now with some of those big me- uh, some of those big moves. It sounds like, and if Daniel Jeremiah, who you know, Matt Money Smith. In fact, we all know him, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I get the vibe from him. If he's calling Nick Foles to Jacksonville, he's not just throwing stuff against the wall. He, I, I feel like he knows he's kind of tied in with that organization and John Filippo down there from Philadelphia. It makes sense that money might, I mean money, that uh, DJ might know a thing or two about that. Does that, uh, does that check out? From, uh, from I guess the only said- reason I I just specifically to your point about if DJ knows something, the only reason I'd push back is because because he does have a relationship with a lot of guys in that front office, and I think he'd be very careful about being viewed as someone who had inside information. Um, I think that's more him just speculating. I think it makes sense, right? I mean, to me, um, even when Tom Coughlin's coming out today and saying Blake Bortles is our quarterback, yeah, whatever. Um, clearly, he's not. That defense is too good. Uh, and if you had a competent quarterback, I think that also alleviates a lot of the issues, a lot of the behavioral issues, you know, of guys that feel like oh, we're just spinning our wheels as long as Blake is back there, uh, whether it be a running back who's taken a pounding or a defense that feels like they're just being asked to carry way too much water for that side of the ball. I completely agree with that. I mean, I we, we talked about that roughly a year ago that, OK, you, uh, you know, Miles Jack, if that touchdown counts in Foxborough, you would have made it to the Super Bowl with Blake Bortles. So you could get some buy in from your roster. Yes, let's try that again. And maybe this time we get over the hump. But even even a year ago or closer to the start of the season, you know, I, I mean, it doesn't take a genius to keep pointing out, as I did, that, you know, really, you're going to try to win in the 21st century NFL with Blake Bortles. You're going to try to hide your QB for an entire season. That seems like a, a dumb approach to it. I, I, I don't buy that. I'm curious still. Derek Carr makes sense on some level. I know that, uh, you know, he's got that gunslinger thing, which doesn't exactly suit what the Jags want to do. Maybe Kyler Murray makes better sense down to Jacksonville. But, you know, now there's this Russell Wilson rumor out there, and I've heard for a year kind of that maybe 
everything isn't well there. I thought maybe the successful 2018 season righted the ship for him with the Seahawks. But if that remains true, I mean, who knows what it'll be. If well, Russell, is, Russell Wilson starts moving around, who the, you know, all bets are off where anybody's going to land. This is a contract year for him, right? So that now would be the time for the Seahawks to get some value for him. Do you buy handsome? I don't buy that, it. I don't buy it either. Me, I don't Carroll, know why. You know, he's an extension of Pete Carroll. Yeah. He's been he's been coddled. He's been celebrated. He's been protected at every turn by John Schneider and Pete Carroll. And he should be. You know, I mean, those are two guys that stuck their neck out and said, yeah, we're taking a five foot ten quarterback and, and he's going to start as a rookie. So I can't I mean, that is that is one of the all time great success stories in the NFL. We drafted this guy in the third round when everyone said he was too short to play. We spent money on this big free agent, and yet we had a true competition. See what we do here in Seattle. It's competition Sunday. Uh, the best guy's going to play, and that's how Russell Wilson won that job and, and took him to two Super Bowls and won one of them. I can't imagine why you would ever right. let that guy walk away from and, your friend. I mean, that to me is like a one-team guy if there ever was one. And especially when you're Pete Carroll and you're however many years old, the oldest coach in the NFL. It's not like right. you want to be starting over with a brand-new quarterback and have to do all that again. That just doesn't make any sense. I, I, yeah, I don't know that that one holds a whole lot of water because he has survived, three survived that transition from all those – um, high-profile, big-ego defensive guys born from success. All those guys chip on the shoulder, lower-round picks. Richard Sherman wasn't supposed to make it and, and and beyond. I guess he's sort of the personification of that. Mm-hmm. But you started to hear those raw feelings or the whispers, and then it became overt that uh, Russell Wilson's not the only thing that's making us win. And, in fact, that's some of what's going on in Pittsburgh right now or or is the fallout from some of that, that uh, some egos feel like the quarterback gets too much uh, praise or has too much juice in the locker room. Interesting move by Kevin Colbert on Wednesday then to announce, yeah, Roethlisberger's allowed to say whatever he wants to anybody he wants. What do you think about that, Matt Money Smith? Well, you know, with that, just, I mean, the one thing just real quick to button kind of where I'm coming from on, on Russell Wilson. Look, if they decide that, hey, we're, we're, we're going all in on a, on a rebuild, you know, Frank Clark's leaving, uh, KJ Wright's leaving, Earl Thomas is leaving. Then I guess if, if the Giants are going to send you the number seven overall pick uh, for Wilson, then maybe that is something you consider if you believe that much in Kyler Murray or, or Dwayne Haskins or something and you're just going into a full rebuild. Then I guess that if they decide that's what's going to happen and all those guys leave, right? Clark's gone, Wright's gone, Thomas is gone. Maybe they trade some of their other older guys and they do a full-scale rebuild. But as far as the Colbert situation, like to me, that – like you, I think you have to read that quote in context, and I know you have. When you read that whole interview, it's kind of part of this bigger, hey, this is someone who has taken accountability. He specifically pointed out that Jacksonville game that Ben went on a 12-minute tirade, not tirade, but you know, monologue, and the first thing he did was take accountability of himself and say, I need to play better, and he went out there and threw three touchdowns. So I think when you have that as the pretext, of that comment, it's almost like Colbert has already established this is someone who's willing to call himself out. So when he does speak, you need to listen to him because he's won a Super Bowl. So if I'm taking it in that context, I have no problem with it. If you take it as a standalone, it's certainly not okay uh, because no matter what position you play, there can't be one player above all other on a football team. I, ca- I, I agree with that largely. 
Um, and by the way, go back and listen to the DDFP from earlier this week, joined by the Athletics' Mark Kabali, who's in that locker room pretty much every day during the season and out. And, you know, he has uh, a pretty good sense. He's not speculating about the mindset of Roethlisberger and Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell. He has opinions about them like any human being does, but uh, he at least knows what he's talking about. He's the, the so-called boots on the ground. And I do think it's a little weird that the national media largely, and th- there's something we talked about, is talking to the one side, which is Antonio Brown. You know, high-end ex-players have his number, could easily reach out to 84 and hear what he thinks about that. The problem is, is if, I mean, you know, any story is has two sides to it. If you've watched, um, right. you know, I mean, obviously, <laughs> you could spin either side of the, no, no, this is the truth. If you're only listening to Antonio Brown on this and saying, no, no, Roethlisberger is a bad guy on some level. I think you do have to commend Roethlisberger for keeping his yap shut to this point. I, I mean, I'm, I, I'm vain. If somebody was disparaging me in the in the media, I would I would just feel compelled to push back at right. that. No, no, I'm just going to keep it quiet. I'm not going to say a word would be very hard. But, to taking, but taking the high road in this case only serves to make. Antonio Brown look even kind of more foolish by by doing it. So if Ben did shoot back at it, it would kind of um, justify some of the things that AB is saying by staying. Quiet, I think that's right. By but staying quiet, he's making he's allowing him to to make a fool. I don't know. All like you know, I I just always I you know what aboutism is a, a rough game to play, and I, I you know how I mean I I find myself doing it all the time about sports and otherwise these days, but still. I mean, what about uh, Peyton Manning? The kicker went at Peyton Manning, Vanderjad, and he shot back at the, the dumb kicker, whatever his uh, his uh, uh, remark was. I can was. give you the exact quote. Yeah. He's a good kicker, but he's an idiot. I mean, that you know. That's the exact quote. That, I mean, you know, that's one example yep. of firing back at a guy. And, you know, to, to this point, at least Roethlisberger has I think it. the big problem with Roethlisberger was that he needed to run that route more flat. Like, that was just inexcusable to me. That's, you know, everybody that watched that play is like, no, you you blew that play. You, you, you did not see that defensive tackle standing right there, and you threw the ball right into his arms. It doesn't matter how flat Antonio runs that route. That ball is not getting to him. So to, to actually – suggest as much that here is someone who is one of the great route runners in the NFL. I mean, just a true tactician and athlete, somebody who is excels at his craft and is considered the best receiver in the league to call him out on that play was well, but I'll push back at that, that in 2018, there was a fair amount of evidence and a fair amount of whispers from other guys in that locker room that 84 was not running the same pattern uh, two times in a row, that he was difficult to locate a little loose with it. Yeah. That, that, that he was not uh, the tactician that he had been. But, you know, that's, again, that's the two sides of the story. Yep. I do think this. Maurice is after me. Maurice likes to, likes to you know, uh, bust uh, chops and so on. But, I mean, what, I mean who's to blame? I, you know, you, you don't have to like the quarterback or you can like him or otherwise. It's a weird game that Maurice is engaged in and a lot of guys are engaged in, too, of finger-pointing at Roethlisberger. I mean, the, the, who's, who, who are you going to blame now, Shaq? Who are you going to blame now, says Maurice. Uh, I'm still going to blame for 2018 the guy who didn't play a, a down. As a human being, I am all, listen, I'm working class supporter. I'm proletariat, you know. I, I'm pro-union and all that kind of stuff. Um, you are bourgeoisie if I've ever seen it. <laughs> That's where I belong. <laughs> 
I belong That's at the right. top. But no, yeah. but no uh, I'm all in favor of Levy and Bell, the football guy getting a play. As a fan, I would like Levy and Bell to have played because I root so, for uh, that team right. and they would have been better. They would have been better. It's it's the, both of those things can be true at once. That, um, but I completely support any player who's throwing himself out there and re- literally risking life and limb out there to play football. I'm gonna get as much money as you can get. I'm, but but it's impossible to claim that you can't blame Levian. Well, yeah, well, I mean, yeah, he didn't play any games. What do you mean? I can't blame him. Yes, I can. But in both cases, for him and for AB, like the things that they did, not showing up to play in any games or the last let's say six weeks of Antonio Brown's social media timeline and, and when we've seen him publicly. Although I know that they want to get pay- like the ultimate outcome here is we want to get paid or we want to be on a better team. Is this, are they really going to get more money and get, and get onto a better team this way? Well, there must the be- take, I, I'll give you the hot take on that. And you know, well, I want to hear up, this. Give me, the, give me the blowtorch. Here we go. Like this, if there ever was a case for collusion, I mean, this is it. This right. is the owner saying, under no circumstances can you give Le'Veon Bell what he wants. Because that will set a precedent for superstar players to come that we cannot have in this league. Right. If this guy says he wants $50 bucks, we've got to all agree that none of us are going to be willing to make this look like a win for this guy because we cannot afford for that to happen. I don't like think that, it, that to, it, it's the perfect case for collusion, right? You can't allow that guy to get what he wants, no matter how desperate you are to put him on your team. Well, I mean, and practically, since we last saw Levy and Bell on a football field losing to the Jags in the divisional round in January of 2018, what evidence? Give me a single, give me a single example of it working out to pay somebody that right. level of loot versus right. drafting somebody. Especially at that position. You know what? Well, no. Hey, listen, that's a that's a big expenditure, your first round pick. You know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about loot. I'm not talking about right. using. I'm not talking about no, the Patriots drafting Michelle. That's, that's not a premium position. I mean, look what happened to Todd Gurley, right? They paid him $45 million guaranteed, oh, and the guy hasn't played. Oh, wait a minute. I was waiting for this to come up. Who was right? Damn, I totally was disagree right. with you. What do you CJ, mean? C.J. Anderson is not going to answer a question by saying, hey, Todd wasn't playing well. Todd dropped the pass. It almost cost, you know, should have cost us the New Orleans game. Todd played bad since he returned from his knee injury. I mean, he's not going to say, hey, look at these five plays. Here's the explosion. Here's the wiggle. Here's, here's Todd doing what, what he's always done. I mean, he can't say that. Of course he's going to protect he, him. What, what Todd Gurley or what C.J. Anderson and no one from the Rams can say is after the game, after he's not on the injury report, yeah, he was a little, he was a little banged up. That they can't say that after the fact. That's what they can't do. No, they can't. But CJ can. The coaches can. Then why you did know, he C- touch the ball one more time or two more times over the course of sixty minutes, despite taking two thirds of the snaps? They needed him out there a, as a decoy, as I always say. I think it's what you said a while ago, Shaq, which is how is the media letting Sean McVay and Les Snead get away with this? How, how is this not something that any time they make themselves available to the reporters that cover this team, the beat writers, that this is not pounded into the ground? I mean, you cannot let that go. Was he hurt? No. Then why did he not carry the ball? Well, you know, what, what is it? It's one or the other. Either he was hurt or you didn't trust him because that's the guy that got you there. He was more important to that offense than anybody else, more important than Jared Goff than anyone, and he did not play the last two weeks. Reggie Wayne 
submits the more ambiguous wear and tear that just because because some guys are workhorses, Zeke Elliott looks fresh in late December. That doesn't mean every human being is built that way. Even high end athletes. Well, then some of them run out of gas a little bit if you give them that right. sort of. But then of you can't pay usage. him that much money to, no, that, to wear out at the cri- no, most critical the time. David Johnson and uh, Todd Gurley are the two examples of guys getting a lot of loot. And then there's Michelle in New England, uh, you know, basically yep. carrying the load down the stretch and making them a Super Bowl champion. James Conner in Pittsburgh looking fine. There, are, you know, there are a ton of examples that you don't need to. I mean, uh, Alvin Williams in Kansas City. Alvin Kamara's a third, you know. I mean, yeah, there's uh, there's little evidence that you should be paying that, although it's all about upfront money. It's not how it's going to spread out over three years or anything like that. If you can guarantee, and if you're the Eagles, if you're – I think that's the savior for Le'Veon Bell is is for him to go to where the Liberty Bell exists – and play for that team because that you plug him in that's their window still assuming if you they could get Jason Peters back they'll still have a pretty nice offensive line I think that makes some sense there otherwise I just don't see many contenders saying yes here's the remedy to add to what we need to get well, it never is I mean it, it, over the years it's never been about getting the star running back that's not going to be the thing that necessarily is going to get you over the hump yeah, I mean, I guess in the Adding 21st that century, the Marshawn piece. Lynch, Terrell Davis, um, you know, I'm trying to think of examples of guys. Yeah, I mean, outside right. of Marshawn Lynch, that's the most recent example of it actually working. You know, they trade for him. They build their offense around him. But I think even the NFL has changed since then, right? I, that, yeah, that's right. That's exactly right. Uh, real quick here ago. now, uh, speaking of high-end running backs, Eddie Spaghetti loves his. Saquon Barkley. What about the Landon Collins rumor? What about the uh, oh, Russell can Wilson I, can I rumor? Can this real that, quick, Dave? Yes. Would you, be, would you be okay with me introing this? I'd like that. Uh, Josina Anderson tweets, I'm told the giant safety Landon Collins cleaned out his locker today at the team facility and said his goodbyes to teammates, coaches, and trainers. It doesn't seem like Collins expects to be a giant for much longer, per sources. Dumb, dumb, dumb move, Giants. Okay. <laughs> that is the quote tweet from our man, Eddie. It what is, do you I think? Mean, it is. It's, what do you think, Spaghetti? Is he going to be in the Giants uniform? I don't know. I don't know what the Giants' plan is if it's to trade Odell Beckham and then not – at least tag Landon Collins, like, and then stick with Eli. Like, what is the the plan? I don't know. It could be, it's too early to tell. It's but uh, it seems it's like, like it's just a the, a plan where they, they don't know what they're doing. You're on the pro. You're on the player side here. You're not happy about the rumors about Odell getting moved either. I don't think he is. I don't get the whole cryptic what if they tweets. Did? What if they did? What if he got traded? I think if it was going to happen. It was going to happen last offseason. I don't think it's going to happen. To be honest, that's my honest. That's my. I feeling. joked about it on Twitter, and then people, I, you know, I, I uh, just threw out like A B for Odell. What's so hard about that? And people said that would never happen. I'm like, I know, I'm just making a joke about it. But now that I now that I've had a little time to think about it, how about that? What's wrong with that? If they if they uh, feel like uh, either guy's a problem child, just swap tr- uh, problems. No, I, th- I think the idea. I think the idea would be to get rid of a problem, not to add a different problem. Right. Oh, yeah. I'm sure Roethlisberger would hate if uh, Odell suddenly landed. Oh, Pittsburgh. I'm thinking more about the. Gi- I mean, if if the Giants are crazy enough to think that they're going to trade Odell, it's because Odell's a problem. They're not going to want to then add a different problem. What about uh, Matt Money Smith? What about Landon Collins to your team, the Hollywood Chargers? Yeah, I think the better fit is probably. I mean, not probably it is. It's Earl Thomas. Yeah, you know, I guess I so. Yeah, it doesn't make sense you know, to double down with Derwin James. But, yeah. 
Exactly. Cut loose Derwin to, to wreak even more havoc. I mean, to me, for the Chargers, and, and obviously this is no, I have no knowledge of what their intentions are, but my God, K.J. Wright and Earl Thomas are sitting there. They're guys that know that scheme. They desperately need a linebacker like Wright. They desperately need a high safety like Thomas. Those are their two holes on that side. Uh, they can draft a defensive tackle at 28 and because uh, they got J.J. Jones there ready to start from last year. So at the other D-tackle spot, like I don't, to me, that's it's just too obvious, and I think they've got enough cap room to do them both. Is uh, let's do some quick hits. Ryan Tannehill is he a starting QB anywhere in 2019? He'll be the starting quarterback for the Bengals. I've said it three podcasts. I love in a that. Row. I love that prediction. Ooh, I like that's hot. Yeah, that's hot, Hank. That's- his his quarterbacks coach coming into the league is now the head coach of the Cincinnati Bengals. He's looking for competition at least at the position in Cincinnati. Why not just take Ryan Tannehill? And he could uh, go down to South Beach. You know, his hair already is one half of the color scheme. It would fit, it would fit uh, perfectly. Mm-hmm. Or you send Andy to join his old pal, Jay Gruden. That's a possibility, too. There you go. I Find a home for I Andy. Mean, Tannehill's not an upgrade over Dalton, though. But I, that's, I what, that's why I'm not necessarily saying it would be a, a, a straight, like, get rid of Dalton and in comes Tannehill. I think you just bring – I think he's a backup. Probably, but right. he can he compete. As a you, and then, no then you spend some of the spend the summer, and those two compete, and someone wins. I talk about it all the time. It is the one plus one QB paradox. The one plus one equals zero QB right. paradox. When you just bring in two guys, like, well, one of them will rise. Well, not necessarily. That's not if they both are mediocre. Maybe they'll both just stay mediocre. I think a right. lot of teams are lining up to do that. Oh, you know what? Breaking news: We have a guest coming in here. But uh, but you know, first things first. Pri- pri- uh, first uh, priorities. Mm. After all, we promise you, Kent Brown's it. mom's Oscar preview. MOVP, what's the first category up that uh, Kent Brown's mom has left a voicemail for? First category is best actor. All right. I love to go to the movies. That's one of my favorite things of all time. And for best actor, I mean, I love Bradley Cooper, but I don't think he's going to win the best actor. Um, Rami Malik, I'm not quite sure if I'm saying his first name correctly. I loved him. I absolutely loved him in Bohemian Rhapsody. I think he's going to win the Oscar, but I really want Viggo Morgason to win. When he was in Green Book, I thought he was hilarious. His character, he, he was so good. He's been in so many movies over the years. I loved him in all his movies, but I really think uh, he's not going to win. But he's my favorite. Hmm. Hmm. Okay, a career award. I agree with all that. We got to give her her own because to push back at the Oscars, they don't have to be right. the only show in town. You know, the Ken Browns. Brown's moms could. Uh, at one award. point, the Oscars did it the for the first time. Right. That's I mean, right. There was you no know, no one really cared about that. What's I'm her first name? With it, uh, Kent Brown's mom. Kent Brown's mom. That's it. Kent. Is uh, her first name. Uh, what we were to award something if, if her if she's got a great the name Kenties. like Gwendolyn or something the Gwens. Yep. Um, she's from uh, where is she from? Oh, she's from Wilmerding. She Wilmer lives Ding. in Wilmerding, PA. The Dingers, <laughs> right out the right outside Turtle Creek there, right outside Wilkinsburg. She lives down uh, down the hill there from uh, in Turtle Creek in uh, Wilmerding. Um, my favorite, uh, my old man and I love the uh, the pork chops at Johnny's in Wilmerding. <laughs> oh, they have the best pork chops you've ever had. That's true. They put the nice bell peppers in the pan. Mm. You see, that makes oh, all the difference. That does. That helps. Next category, MVP. Next category is best actress. Hmm. All right, this is Kent's mom again. Um, for best actress, I'm going to say that Glenn Close is definitely the winner this year. 
Although I loved Lady Gaga. I thought she did an excellent job as an actress. And um, <laughs> Melissa McCarthy, I just saw the movie she was in, Can You Ever Forgive Me? But I don't think she'll make it. I don't think she'll win Best Actress. Um, her acting was quite different than normally. All her movies are usually comedies. I'm going with Glenn Close for the winner. Okay, okay. interesting. Okay. Agree there, right. uh, Money. I haven't seen yeah, any of the movies, I don't no. think, so I, 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 I do agree. I, I managed to what watch was, What was Glenn in? Oh, what did wife. she do? The wife. The okay. wife. So you're so so far money and uh, and Kent Brown's mom in uh, in lockstep here. All right, let's get like to the big Kent, one. Kent Brown's mom has become a little self-aware. The beginning of that last one was all she right. Herself it's Kent, Kent Brown's, Brown's mom. mom here. Yeah, right. I know. Well, this was an yeah. assignment. I this want was her, her to then say, okay, I'm going to leave you to. I'm guess what's on TV. You have a good ear. I got oh, right. someone at the doorbell. This was our first attempt in when we when uh, what's it called when you um, pay somebody to make the painting you want a uh, uh, your yes commission. Commission. a commission. commission. Th th right. This was a commissioned work, except right. without money. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's get to uh, best picture here. Okay, this year for the Oscars, I've seen three of the movies that are up for Best Picture, and I've seen Bohemian Rhapsody, I've seen Green Book, and I saw A Star is Born, and I loved A Star is Born. I saw the older one with Barbara Streisand and Chris Christopherson, oh, yeah. and um, I don't think this is going to win for Best Picture. Um, I loved Bohemian Rhapsody. Um, I was more of a Motown girl growing up. I never really got into any of the music by Queen, but I do know they play some of the songs at the football games, mm -hmm. um, you know, and stuff like that. That'll we will, we will rock you. <laughs> and um, I don't know if it'll win, but I loved Green Book. I I'm going for Green Book. I'm rooting that Green Book will win for Best Picture. Wow. What a twist and turn on that See? one. I, like, all of them, I thought she was about to say that's going to win, and then it comes out that that in fact it's green book but we you see handsome you know if you just let people you know do what they're already good at mm. they're not going to get any better we we said uh kent brown's mom put your put yourself out I get, it. get to the next level now we're commissioning this from you and by the end i think uh, at least she she won this uh critic over for sure that was what <laughs> that was the singing i, I disagree to... with her she really sells it doesn't right you? Well, I mean, she she broke into song. I didn't realize until she mentioned that, in fact, that all three of those movies are based on musical figures. I spoke down on the uh, biopics as a uh, as a genre recently too. I don't care about if the people are still alive. I don't need for them to to see uh, an actor play them. You know, really? Yeah, I know. Like Miracle is the best example of that. Right. I don't need Miracle. I have the I watch the documentary about the actual team and hear from Aruzioni, who still walks the planet Earth. Do you okay. remember that one, Handsome? No. You don't remember that? You have no recollection of the U.S. hockey team? No. Why would, no. You have no, but you've heard about it, right? I've heard about it. You know that uh, almost any American sports fan, uh, I mean, who's been around for a certain amount of years would definitely cite that as their number one I know, but we, we've talked about this before. The U.S., um, as wonderful as all your sports are, the one thing that lacks in the U.S. is a singular moment where everyone in the country is 
hunkered around their television watching hmm. their national sport. And that happens on a frequent basis with soccer and rugby and cricket in the UK where I grew up. You guys haven't... You, I mean, I think the reason at that, that moment sort of transcends is because um, it's, uh, it's, it's the only time that's, re- that's really happened for you. Well, in the Cold War. and The Cold you know, War, the, exactly. Yeah, we all rallied then. Ran the, well, ran the Cold War. And when we defeated you... Uh, yeah. interested in whether or not you guys care about the Winter Olympics because that's the odd thing. You know, there aren't a lot of countries no. that really get invested in the Winter no. Olympics. It's not a, I mean, it, it's not definitely, a big deal in England. It's not a particularly big deal. Yeah. I mean, apart from that great time when Eddie the Eagle. Do they have? Right. I was just going to ask you that. I remember Eddie the Eagle, but that was a lark. Do they have snow in the UK? Not, I mean, not, not enough snow or, and enough hills to make that um, so right. the, the Winter Olympics something that anyone really cares about. So no pretzels. What no they do snow. have is ice skating. They had the great Torval and Dean, who for a while dominated the, um, the, the whatever it's called, the mixed figure skating world. I don't know. This UK. I want to travel to this exotic land and, uh, and figure out more about it. Hey, Matt Money Smith, thanks so much hey for now. the time, Pally. Uh, best wishes. He's got a dislocated shoulder because he was on the slopes. Want to see it? There it is. Yeah, right there, there it is. He was golfing uh, one day, you know, make a glad hand and with mm-hmm. the celebrities out there, himself a celebrity. I'll give it to you, Nate. Oh, no. Uh, yeah, my goodness. That looks horrible. It does look yeah. bad, Money. Get, get well soon. 300% displaced. It's my cross to bear. Are you able to swing the golf club? I know that's the most important yeah, thing. Oh, really? The only thing yeah. I can't do is I can't throw weight around like I used to at the Y. Oh, you know, I, I can't bet. get underneath that 225 yeah. anymore like I used to. <laughs> <laughs> or 135 for that matter. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, Money. Uh, a pleasure to see you once again. Have a good time if we don't see you at the Combine, and uh, hopefully we'll catch up with you before the Oh, yeah, we'll catch Alliance up with you next game. week from the Combine. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. Yeah, that is. We do have uh, a plan to do that from uh, from Indianapolis. So great. All right. We'll let you go and we'll let handsome go as well. In fact, let's let the whole audience go there um, right now. I think we've done a lot of good work here. There's no reason to to push it any further there. You hear the music. Goodbye to uh, you, handsome Hank. Have a lovely weekend. Thank you. Good luck with your in-laws. I know you're enjoying their company. It's great to have them here. Your new home there. That's nice. MOVP. Best to you. Eddie Spaghetti. Good luck by next time we speak. I hope you have Russell Wilson and Landon Collins and all your dreams. It's been a thin slice of heaven. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. 
Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.